You're listening to Boss Ladies and Babies with Mickey and Megan, two best friends adventuring through motherhood, building our careers, and and not losing losing our shit. Welcome back to Boss Ladies and Babies. This is Megan. And this is Mickey. Hey, guys. Hey, hey. We're in still in January, right? The longest month of the year. <laughs> yeah. Or as I've seen lately, December 37th, 2020. Oh <laughs> yes, right? <laughs> yeah. And a rough one. It has. We're both kind of like, what day is it? Where am I? Total feeling the mom, mom zone tonight, mm-hmm. but we're pulling it together. Um, we have a really fun episode for you guys. I know we always say that, but <laughs> I'm genuinely, like, can't stop smiling. This was a really fun one. Our guest is amazing. I think you guys will really enjoy it. We're talking about weight loss and health and mindset and all the things that usually don't necessarily give you, like, the warm and fuzzy feelings this time of year. Everyone with their, like, New Year's resolutions and all that. But that's not what this episode's about. And it's so uplifting. And I think you guys will really enjoy it. But before we get into all that, why don't we go ahead and get started with our highs and lows. Would you like to go first? Oh, sure. I want to bring down the mood. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) man, just haven't, I I was telling Mickey before we start recording, like, oh my gosh, I'm just having such a hard week. What day is it? Tuesday? Oh my gosh, it's Monday. Like (laughs) this, it's only one day into the week and it's just been a nightmare. But um, my high is I got some AirPods, which I'm really excited about. Like I'm one of those people now, whatever that is, but um, I don't know. I felt kind of silly spending that much on a pair of headphones, but I've never had wireless headphones and I just have had them for like a day and it's been amazing. They're, they just make life so much easier for work and now being on clubhouse and just like speaking on those platforms, having the microphone on the headphones right there where I can still be hands-free. It's just been really, really fun and like life changing for business stuff. So that's probably the highest of high that I've got since last week. Um, my low, I just like, can't say too much really because I don't want to just get into all of my clients business, but real estate is hard. (laughs) Like this, I'm having a really challenging transaction right now and I'm representing the sellers and it's just been really tricky in such a hot market. It's hard for buyers right now. And um, we've just been having a real, real tough go at it. So been dealing with that. Everything is going to work out and I'm, you know, fighting for my sellers and just um, doing everything that I can to make it work out. It's just been like very messy and stressful and really challenging so yeah sometimes this job can be very 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 hard (laughs) but at least they're in good hands yes thank you yeah and they feel they feel confident with me which makes me feel good because I'm trying really hard for them um it's just like these things that you can't control that can happen just weird unpredictable stuff yeah just keeps happening so Yeah, but I think everything's going to be fine now. Today, we've made some progress in a positive direction, so that will be good. But yeah, I'm just like, whew, very overwhelmed with it. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. 
that's tough. Life is weird enough, and then it's like, let's do this while we're making huge, like, biggest financial decisions of your life and throw it at you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's the stress level is over the top. But for me more, I think, than them right now, because luckily they feel okay. So that's, that's good. That's the silver lining. Yeah. So yeah, that's that. But hopefully next week I'll have a better update as far as that goes. But still love it. I still love the job. It's just, yeah, this has been a tough one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What about you? Wishes. Um, Let's see. So my high um, last week was my birthday. And Saturday was my son's birthday. So we just had, it was really, like, it was a chill weekend. Um, My husband was off for the weekend. And so we got to celebrate my son. No party, of course. We just kind of um, hung out at home. He opened presents and we just like played all day and um, had a little cake. And yeah, nothing exciting, but just like staying home and playing was so much fun and less stressful because I always go all out for my kids' parties. And so COVID definitely like, it's hard to miss out on that and like imagine what would have been mm-hmm. but i like they're just as happy as if they would have had a big party like i think we're all kind of adjusting and getting used to it anyways mm-hmm. so there was like no mention whatsoever of like a party or his friends or anything like that so um yeah. it went well for being what it was it was a lot of fun yeah i think it's harder on us Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, always, even not COVID, like the stress of everything being perfect, you know, yeah. it's harder on us because well, how we want to make it so special. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But so, yeah, that went well. Um, my low um, is just I, I'm starting to feel better, but I'm just still not like 100 percent in any way. Um, so my low, it's not a really big thing, but my husband's work. So he works like a week, a week on, a week off. Um, and every year in the beginning, they kind of like rotate a little bit so that they're not working the same week as they did the year before, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. So they kind of like swap over. So he only got um, three days off for the weekend, which mm. is like so spoiled that he gets more than that usually. But um, then he had to go back to work again. So he's going to be working another five nights right now and then only get you know try to get back to his normal situation but with my like physical abilities being so limited mm-hmm. it has just destroyed my emotional and mental health completely I'm just like a mess every day and so it was really exciting to have him home for the weekend but then to realize that it was only the weekend and I still have like another week of school and all that without him to do as I'm like in pain all day still is just hard so mm-hmm. and I forgot that that was happening oh, this no. week until pro- till he was off on like Friday and so then yeah I didn't take that very well but what are you gonna do and we'll be back to normal soon and like I said I'm getting a little bit better in mobility and everything so it won't be that that big of a deal so at least it's not a really bad low but enough yeah. that's just like kind of a bummer yeah oh yeah. I'm sorry well, the new schedule will be good. So, yeah. and yeah. once everybody gets adjusted, and hopefully you'll back, your back will just keep feeling better and better too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So that's all I got here. <laughs> we can switch things back onto the fun side. Yes. 
like get out of our lows back to the high um and we will introduce our guest for tonight so her name is Quavi. Quavi's a certified weight loss coach life coach and international speaker who specializes in helping women 50 and over manage their health mindset and waistlines she helps midlifers experience a new lease on life by sharing self-care practices that help them shine during midlife and show them how this affects their health and relationships. So we brought her on tonight to talk to us and share her insight and wonderful inspirational outlook on life. And we're just excited to share her with you. So let's welcome Quavi to the show. Hi, Quavi. Welcome to the show. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for joining us. We're so excited to talk to you tonight about health, mindset, weight loss, all the things. Yes, I'm excited. (laughs) Well, before we jump into that, because Mm -hmm. I know this is a topic that is on the front of everybody's mind in January, Mm -hmm. especially, um, let's go ahead and have you introduce yourself first and tell our listeners who you are, what you do, what makes you a boss lady. We want to know everything. All right. So my name is Kwavi and I'm a life coach for women. I help them with weight loss, finances, just in general. But the one area that I really like to focus on is mindset, which I think is so important when you're tackling any of these tasks. Um, I typically work with women 50 and over, but I also help younger women. Um, I also offer retreats around the world, which I love. And COVID didn't let me have my retreat in Greece last year. So I'm having it in Greece this year. So I'm very excited about that. Oh yes. my gosh, how exciting yeah. Greece. Yes. Oh, that's I'm amazing. so excited. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, so I just love helping women just achieve their goals because sometimes that can be difficult, you know, trying to do it on your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's go ahead and dive into our topic. Um, yes. Why don't we just get started? How, how did you get started in coaching? Yeah, so I watched, so this whole, the whole health and wellness coaching started for me when I was 19. So I was in college, watched a documentary on um, TV and it was about cattle and it just kind of showed how meat comes to our table from the cattle, you know, from the farms. And I'm telling you the with watching that, it was deplorable. I mean, the conditions I was like, right after that, I'm like, Nope, not eating meat anymore. Gave it all up. And then started this journey of investigating what we eat and finding out, you know, about preservatives and additives. And I was like, Ooh, So I changed my whole diet and it was so funny because I was in college at the time in the UK and I remember my friends looking at me like, you are just crazy. This is the time (laughs) for us to be having fun. Really? You're not, no drinking, none of that. No fizzy drinks, no alcohol, nothing. No white bread. I mean, I was like on this path. Um, but it's funny now they're like, we should have listened to you back then. (laughs) (laughs) But then, so, and that's kind of what put me on my path. Now I didn't really think I could make a career out of it because I mean, I'm 52. So that was back then. No one, I didn't know anyone that was doing coaching. Um, but it was always at the back of my mind that I would help my friends. Eventually they came around and like, can you create meal plans for us? Can you do this for us? We love how you're looking. Like, what is this about? So I would help them with that. But then I was in IT at the time. So I was like, okay, you know what? That was my path. I didn't think I could make a living out of it. And then about seven years ago, I was like, okay, you know what? I have to delve into this. And for me, it wasn't just, for me, it wasn't just learning the skills to help women lose weight. For me, the important piece was the mindset piece. because I think that's key. And that's what makes it different, you know, because anyone can tell you. In fact, I'll be honest with you, most women know what to do. 
it's really overcoming those obstacles when they come up, how do they handle that? So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, and that's really just bold back then. I mean, even these kind of diets like the no meat and the really clean eating, like that wasn't as trendy as it is now either. So you really were leading the way of now yeah. not so trendy. Coaching is such a huge booming business. That's yeah. amazing. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so funny because I still remember watching um, Tony Robbins when he was doing infomercials because that's how he started out on TV. And I remember right. watching that and I was in my 20s and I was like, I like what he's doing. I want to do what he's doing. (laughs) That's amazing. So besides all that, what's been kind of the driving force behind the motivation for your business? Because I see how it helps women. I see it. And when I did my master's, because I did my master's at medical, um, I did a master's in medical informatics at Northwestern. And my thesis was on diabetes. And what I realized was we did a, um, a project where we were using social media to manage diabetic patients. And one of the things I realized was when they lost weight, it improved their outcomes. And I was like, you know, this weight loss thing, it's, it's really bigger than we realize. It does help in so many different ways. And that's when I said, okay, it was right then I actually started my weight loss company. I'm like, I see the difference it makes in people's lives. I see how a woman could look like a shell of herself and she loses weight and she becomes a whole different person. It just, I mean, when they lose the weight, the confidence skyrockets, they're ready to do so many different things. And I'm like, I want to help women do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got to be really really empowering. I like to, I want to go quickly back to what you were saying about the mindset and just the idea of how everybody kind of knows what to do. And I just think it's really easy for us to make excuses around that. Like, especially as busy business owners and moms, it's so easy to make excuses. I really like the idea of that mindset shift and that's something that you help your clients do yeah it's so important it's and and I think sometimes people don't realize how important it is because it's everything that we do we always have a thought before we do anything and it's either we're going closer to our goal or moving away from our goal so it's a decision you have to make Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. with our I'm like I have so many questions. <laughs> okay, go, go, so, go, go, go. No, so, I mean, it's kind of a broad one, but yeah. with our, you know, busy mom lives, busy working lives, why, like, why do you think that it's important for us to prioritize our health? Well, I think that is the foundation for everything. It's like when you're tired, see, when, you, when your health is at this optimal point, your energy levels are high, you're ready to do things, you're a better mom, you're a better business owner. It influences all areas of your life because your health can just bring you down just like that. And I mean, we've seen it with COVID. I mean, look at that. It's like it impacts so many different areas. And then the other thing about taking care of your health is as moms, we're setting an example for our kids. They're watching us. So because it's easy to say, do this, do that. But really what influenced our kids is them watching us like, what are, what's mom doing? And that to me is like a legacy for life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that is so, that's so hard, even not just with the eating yeah. thing. Like We've been very careful in our house to not talk about like, I don't, I try not to use the word fat in front of my daughter yeah. at all. Like yeah. just changing, there you go back to mindset, just changing my own mindset of how I'm modeling for her. Like I'm very, very careful about yeah. how I talk about food, like being, oh, that's bad food or, you know, that's junk food. I never want to 
like kind of give food that negative power yeah yeah the power exactly yeah that's it's really hard with kids and it's important to think about that it's not just us anymore (laughs) no it isn't because once you have kids you're responsible you're Mm -hmm. you're responsible because they're watching you at least up to a certain point when they become teenagers a different story yeah (laughs) for us like we grew up in the 90s right and that was such a huge just like fad diet time and I'm sure that but I feel like the 90s was really really like stick skinny crash diet yes just trying to keep up with that that. the norm it was and just hearing you know like hearing my mom do that and then all the girls at school talk about the magazines were just shoving that down our throats and you know we've all done the fad diets right and we know that the results don't last and so what is kind of the difference between your program and other like diet plans out there and see one of the things I do with my programs in addition to telling them what to do we tackle why it's like I want to understand why you're overeating Mm. and I kind of compare it to like if you break your arm and you go to the doctor you're in pain, right? So there are two things they can do for you. They can give you Advil to kind of relieve the symptoms, or they can take you into surgery and, you know, fix the arm. Mm -hmm. My goal is to fix the arm Mm -hmm. because when they do that, you uncover the cause of what's happening as opposed to just putting a Band-Aid fix on the symptoms. Mm -hmm. So that's the goal with my my clients. Yeah, I want to know why. And I think it's empowering for them too because I want them to make empowered decisions around food where they have the upper hand in the food relationship. For a lot of people, food is running the show. I don't mm-hmm. want food to be running the show in you. I want you to be empowered and say, okay, regardless of what's around me, I know I can make a decision from a place of strength as opposed to a place of weakness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like how you put that a lot. I've never really heard it put that way. And I, I mm-hmm. really think that's a nice way to think about it too. So then when people are investing in a program, it's like, this isn't just another something that's going to help me look nice right now. It's going to help me again, mindset and get to the root of that problem. Right. Um, I've done a lot of research in the whole 30 program. Have you heard Mm -hmm. of that? Yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Whole 30. Yeah. And just like, just the concept behind that food freedom forever is what she calls it. And just, you know, being at a party, right. For example, a birthday party and that idea that if we don't eat the cake, we're not ruining the person's birthday. Like we don't have to eat the cake just because we're at the party. Or if we really want to eat the cake, how is it going to make us feel? Let's make an informed decision before we do that. And having that control over the food is, I mean, it's, it's easier said than done for sure. Yeah. But it it can be done. Yeah. It kind of sounds like that's kind of what you. Actually, I do something similar where I tell them, okay, if you, cause we, I create like a food protocol for my clients. So they have a food protocol. And I said, if they want to eat off the protocol, all we do is we fill out an exception form. We mm-hmm. fill out, okay, I want to eat cake. Maybe it's a, my 80th mom's birthday party. Okay. I want to eat cake. You write the cake down, you write when you're going to eat it and you write the consequences. Cause sometimes when you've stayed away from these foods, especially yeah. sugar, you know, what's going to happen. So you write all that down, but see, you're making an informed decision. Mm-hmm. As opposed to feeling like, oh, I couldn't help myself. I had to eat it. Mm-hmm. Two different yeah. feelings. Two different. Well, then you feel guilty on top of it. And then you start and to spiral, spiral and then you make more. <laughs> it never ends. So yeah. when you do that, you ha- you're making an empowered decision that, okay, I'm going to eat it at this time and for this reason. And that's it. And you don't feel guilty. You eat it. 
you're done, mm-hmm. and you move on. And I think that's just a better way of just showing up for yourself and a better relationship with food. Yeah. I love that because mm-hmm. I, I'm like the worst. I have a total sweet tooth. Mm-hmm. And just if it's in front of me, I'll eat it just mm-hmm. in general. Yes. But even through like food journaling and keeping yes. track, like that step of actually writing it yes. down and like admitting to yourself that okay, yes. this is what this exactly. is what I did today or I really like that, like planning ahead and really thinking about it yeah. and being super mindful and I, about that. Yeah. And the planning ahead, really, it stems from the fact that you're using your prefrontal cortex, your higher level brain to make decisions. Mm-hmm. Most times when we eat on impulse, we're using the, the primitive brain, which mm-hmm. you don't want to use because that's the one that's very impulsive. It's like, oh, that's the one that when you're in the grocery store, you're at the checkout line and they have all the candy and stuff. That's when you grab. Meanwhile, it's not on your plan. It's not on your your food list. That's the brain in action. You want to use your prefrontal cortex to plan ahead. And it's just a sense, you just have a better sense of who you are when you do it that way, as opposed to, okay, I just did it because I saw it there. And I like how you said when you see things around you, you feel, okay, like even if it's cake or whatever it is, I train my clients where we don't even count calories. We learn like your body signals because our body talks to us all the time. It's just that sometimes we don't want to listen and being able to understand your body signals, whether it's when you're full or when you're hungry or even when something doesn't agree with you, when you can understand all those signals, oh my goodness, it's like so, it's like so empowering and you feel like, oh, now I really understand myself and you get to know yourself even better when you do that. And um, that's one of the things I actually um, share with my clients on how to do. And then the other thing I just thought about too is I want my clients to get to a point where they're not always in a situation where they have to take out the food from the the house. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I tell my clients they don't need to do that, I'm like, if your kids want to eat that, that's fine. If your husband wants it, that's fine. I want my clients to go to a dinner party and they can have all kinds of food and they don't feel obligated that they have to eat that. They feel I don't really feel like that. Oh, I'll just have this because I want to, not because it's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that just is such an empowering empowering feeling yeah. to be able to choose that and not feel like you're missing out. And that's I think that's the key is the not feeling like you're missing out. If you deprive yourself all the time, like that has been the biggest thing mm-hmm. in my life because we try to eat really, really clean, like kind of a modified paleo diet most of the mm-hmm. time. And if we buy cookies, those cookies will be gone in the night because both my husband and I are just so strict, right? And so now that we have my toddler, she has, we try to keep her pretty close to what we eat, but she Mm -hmm. does have some other snacks that I typically won't eat. And for a while, that was really hard for me to choose not to Mm -hmm. like, oh, let me just take a bite of that or this. Mm -hmm. The more that I've practiced it, the better I've got at it. And I don't feel like I'm missing out. And I have little wins every day. Like, I feel great. I chose not to eat that. And I feel good, you know? Yeah. I like to, I tell my, I call those my non-scale wins with my clients. That's Mm -hmm. what I tell them where, you know, it's not always about the scale. It's just sometimes just being able to overcome that urge Mm -hmm. and sit with the, because it's uncomfortable because your emotions are like, eat it eat it. You can eat it. You're the boss of yourself. Go ahead. And being able to be uncomfortable and sit with it. It's great. And then that emotion passes and you're like, okay, I did it. You know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. And then when you start to really notice how certain foods make your body feel and how you don't feel when you eat them, that is amazing because when you're in it and you're just, you know, 
eating recklessly. <laughs> like, I guess that's what I like to call it. Yeah. Eating recklessly. And you're not realizing how poorly you're feeling. And then no. when you remove those things and it's like, oh my goodness, I feel great now. And that is what was making me feel so lethargic. And, exactly. You know, it's a really powerful feeling. Too. It is. Yeah. Cause I do that with my client where we, I call them the three R's where we reduce, remove and reintroduce. Mm. And it's when we do the reintroduction, that's when people realize like, oh, I slept so well the last few nights. Now I'm not. And they realize, ah, it was this or that, you know, because our bodies, as we get older, our bodies get sensitive to certain foods. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, if we don't pay attention, we don't realize it. And then, you know, our new normal changes as we go along mm -hmm. until you take things out. You're like, huh, I actually feel I felt better. But now I put it in. It's like something's changed. So, mm. yeah. I, I like that. Um, talk to <laughs> us about eating. So yes. there are different types of eating. Yeah, kind of go over those with us because I thought yes. things were really interesting. Yes. Okay. So there, whenever you eat, it always falls into four categories, regardless, always. So the first one is called fuel eating, where you're eating just to nourish your body. So that's more of our leafy green vegetables, uh, protein, healthy fats, grains fall into that category. The next one is called joy eating, and that's when you're eating for pure joy. So that's when I normally tell my clients, fill out that exception form. You, you, it could be a cupcake. Like mine is like, I live in Atlanta, so there's a place called a piece of cake in Atlanta. I love mm. their cupcakes. It's like cupcakes is the kind where you can't even put it in the refrigerator. If you don't eat it within four days, it goes bad because there are mm. no preservatives whatsoever. Oh, yeah. so, um, so it could be whatever, but... The important thing is you intentionally eat it. You know when you're going to eat it, you make the plan for it and you eat it and you're done. And I typically tell my clients 80, 80 to 90% feel food, 10 to 20% joy food. That's, mm -hmm. the, that's mm -hmm. the goal for most of my clients. And then we have what we call fog eating. So fog eating is maybe you're watching a football game or a soccer game and you know it's your team everything's going you're so excited they're winning and then maybe you have a pack of chips to the side you're eating a pack of chips the game's going well it's, you're so excited and it ends they win and then you're like yay and then you put your hand into the <laughs> empty <laughs> completely empty you're like you're looking around like what yeah <laughs> but you know it's you because everyone else is there but you and you're like what i did that you were completely oblivious you were just eating away and you were not even aware. And see, and that's what I call when you escape from yourself. It's like you're not even with yourself anymore. You're eating and you had no idea. Mm -hmm. So we call that fog because it's like you're in a fog. You're not even aware. Mm -hmm. um, and then the fourth one is called storm eating. And storm eating is when, and I like to compare this to like if people have watched the Bridget Jones diary where you're sitting on a bed, a box of chocolate, like a big box, and all you see are chocolate wrappers all over the <laughs> You're in an emotional state. You don't really care. You're just eating away. And then when you're done, regret, guilt sets in. And you're like, why did I do this to myself? And you're really hard on yourself, even bordering on mean to yourself. And you're like, I can't believe I did it. And then it never ends well because you feel guilty. And then it's kind of like never ending cycle. Mm -hmm. And so what I train my clients to do, I try and share with them to stay away from the fog and the storm. However, what I do let them know is when that does happen, to be compassionate with themselves because beating yourself up about it doesn't do anything. There's no upside to that. So being compassionate, forgive yourself and just go back to the fuel and joy eating when it does happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
just like it happened so what can you do now but no just kind of just just, just, and... just that's it and you keep yeah. it moving mm-hmm. yeah that fog eating okay well i can relate to all of them but <laughs> the fog eating and scrolling instagram that was literally me last night with a bowl of popcorn mm-hmm. i made a big bowl of popcorn for dinner okay I don't do that very often sometimes <laughs> I just have popcorn for dinner yeah it was a long day so I'm like okay I'm gonna watch the. I'm gonna eat this while I watch my show which also normally eat dinner at the table not in front of the tv so it was like yes. a special night for me but I got on Instagram for a while and next thing I know an hour had been gone the popcorn was almost completely gone and I'm like what happened <laughs> yes <laughs> so I'm like as you're describing that I'm like that was me last night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, you, and it's like you're not even the – it's like you're into that whatever it's doing. And I always like to co- tell my clients, too, it doesn't really have to do with the food. It has nothing to do – it could have been a, a bag of apples. It could be apple. It doesn't matter what it is. The fact is that your mind is disconnected from the activity, and that's what I w- want my clients to be aware of, to always connect with themselves. Because when you're connected to yourself, that won't happen, which is a good thing because once you catch yourself, you really can't catch yourself doing it and keep on doing it because you're not aware. So that's a good part of it. Yeah. I really like having these like titles on the different types of eating. It's mm-hmm. not something that I like ever learned or mm-hmm. thought of, but yeah. just like just dividing them up that way. I'm like going mentally going over things <laughs> in my head. And I was like, I'm supposed to do how much joy eating? I think I do like 80% joy eating. But, okay, and just... see, okay, so I like how you brought that up, though, because <laughs> one, one of the questions I like to ask my clients is how much, what is the percentage of joy that they derive from food? And I think that's important because some of us place a lot on food and we want to switch that around because there are other things other than food, non-food items where we can derive joy from and we can switch that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, when you think about it, it's like, oh, something great happened. Let's go celebrate with food. Something horrible happened. Yeah. Let's go have some food to feel better. Like yes. everything is we around celebrate. food. Yeah. yeah. We see, I mean, we celebrate with food in so many different ways. Like you said, it could be something good. It could be something bad. It's just like, oh, food, food, food. And I think we want to switch that around where you can actually be able to enjoy those relationships, those conversations without food being in the mix all the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit about overeating. So first of all, which like, cause overeating fall into all four of those categories or is it more so? Yes, you can actually. Cause I I tell my clients, you can overeat on healthy food. Mm -hmm. You can overeat with a banana. And the question is what I always tell my clients is I always tell them to ask themselves, are you hungry? Mm -hmm. Like, are you physically hungry? Because if you're not physically hungry and you eat an apple, you're overeating because mm. your body physically does not require food at that point and you're eating it. One of the other things that people get caught on sometimes is if, and moms probably, this happens to a lot of us, like we're busy. We're like, hmm, you know what? I'm going to be busy around three o'clock. Let me eat right now. Mm-hmm. You're not hungry right now, but you're eating because you're thinking you can't eat later on. But the thing is, you're not hungry right now and your body doesn't, I mean, your body's smart, but your body isn't that smart to say, okay, you know what? I'm going to hold on to this food right here until three o'clock and then I'll eat it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Your body doesn't know how to do that. So you're eating it right now, which means you're overeating. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I'm guilty of that for sure. So (laughs) why do most people overeat? I mean, I know it's probably case to case, but why do we do it and how can we stop doing it? 
I'll tell you this. One of the main reasons why people overeat is they don't want to face their emotions. Mm-hmm. It's most times it's an emotional thing because when you're physically hungry, no one has to tell you to eat. Your stomach is rumbling. You might even get a headache. It's like, but the thing is in our society today, most people don't even know what it means to feel hungry. Mm-hmm because like sometimes I train, I have to, you know, train my clients to like, do you know what hunger, some of them don't know what hunger is. They'll tell me like, because they eat constantly, they don't know what true hunger is like anymore. And so when you talk about overeating, it's important to like kind of figure out, okay, am I hungry? Because if you're not hungry, you're overeating for sure. Mm -hmm. And I think for a lot of us, we don't want to, we don't want to be uncomfortable that's what it is. And food can provide that comfort for a little bit, but then you're back to square one. And then it's like the cycle continues. And so I normally tell my clients when they get that urge, which is what it normally is, because it's not really hunger. It's like an urge or a craving. And the easiest way to you, for you to know what craving is, a craving is very specific. Like a craving will be like, hmm, I want a chocolate cupcake with rainbow sprinkles. It's like very specific. Or they'll say, oh, I'm, I have a craving for a chocolate chip cookie. You can't give them an oatmeal cookie. You can't give them a sugar cookie. It has to be a chocolate chip cookie. Mm-hmm. And that's typically a craving. But it's a craving because you feel something. And you're using that food to kind of suppress how you feel while that thing is going on. And the only way to resolve that is to be ready to be uncomfortable because the feeling you get when you don't eat it, it's not, eat, it's not fun. It's kind of like, you know, you're anxious. You're like, Oh, you know, it's just an uncomfortable feeling. But I, I share with my clients that being uncomfortable is a good thing mm-hmm. because that's how you get to know yourself. And sometimes when we keep on suppressing those emotions, what ends up happening is, at the most opportune time, when you least expect it, guess what? All those emotions will come up and it'll be for something really just very minor. Maybe someone might say something and all of a sudden you have an outburst and looking at you like, what happened to her? It wasn't just that one thing. It's then you've suppressed so many, so many of your emotions and it had to come. I tell my clients, listen, you suppress those emotions. It's going to come up someday. And mm-hmm. the problem is it might come up when you least expect it. And it might come up at the time when you don't want it to come out. So... I want to, my goal is to train my clients to understand that being uncomfortable is okay. Because I think we've been taught to always feel great all the time, but that's not, I mean, it's not realistic. That's not the, I mean, that's not the, life is, I always tell my clients, life is 50-50. Mm-hmm. So we just have to be able to be, you know, get more comfortable with dealing with the 50 that we don't like. Because the 50 that's great, we're kind of okay with that. The mm-hmm. 50 we don't, that's where the problem is. Yeah. 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 Oh man. That's, that's great. I'm, I'm wondering ways that we can practice mm-hmm. feeling uncomfortable. Are you yes. thinking like just with like letting ourselves get hungry or do you like with certain types of exercising? Like I know I personally want to love yoga so much because I'm mm-hmm. a runner and I do a lot of like high intensity workouts. Mm-hmm. I know yoga would be so good for me, but that discomfort of yoga I can't stand, which is probably even more why I should do it. So are there things like (laughs) different kinds of exercises or um, just anything else besides just food that people can practice being uncomfortable in? So what happens typically when you get that uncomfortable feeling, what I tell my clients to do is to pause and just breathe because that gives you a body to kind of reset itself. 
but it also allows you to be, to get used to being uncomfortable, which I think is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, that's just life, you know, you getting that uncomfortable feeling. So just being able to, and the thing is when you do that, it passes. It doesn't last very long, but for most of us, we don't even let it come up because I'm like, oh, no, no, I, I'm feeling a certain way. Boom, eat that thing to kind of press it down. So I always tell my clients, just breathe. And I tell them to wait for five minutes after they breathe. And then if they still have that craving, I tell them, go ahead and eat it. And I'll tell you this, 80% of the time, they're like, they're good. Maybe 20% they're like, they still ate it, but 80% of the time, they're good. They don't have to worry about it. So mm-hmm. it just passes. Yeah. I kind of have a rule for cravings and things like that for myself. Oh, nice. We, we don't keep anything in the house that, I mean, we just yes. don't. It's just better for us. Yes. And so um, if it is a strong enough craving after uh-huh. I kind of wait a few minutes that I will actually go get into my car during a pandemic and go <laughs> into somewhere and grab it. Yes. And I'm going to let myself have it and not feel yeah. guilty about it. Yeah. But if I'm not willing to go out in the cold and drive to get it, then it's not, you know, yeah. not going to do it. And that's good. So, yeah. So that's a way of, yeah, that's your own mechanism. So, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Nothing to make you really <laughs> consider how important something is. That right. For sure. <laughs> I mean, curbside pickup, you know, makes oh, it a little easier. <laughs> Meanwhile, I have DoorDash on my phone and anything can be delivered these and days. See, that's, it's so funny you said it because I was thinking about the same thing. I'm like, and that's the other thing because we can really use different things to kind of suppress our emotions. I mean, we can use alcohol, we can use shopping, we can overwork. But food, I think the reason why food is it's so easy is because we can get food just like that. You can order food. Food will be delivered right. You don't have to cook it. Mm-hmm. And it's delivered ready to eat. You know, so when you think about it from that standpoint, food is kind of easy for you to use as I call it buffering. You can use it to buffer. Yeah. yeah. And it's like the worse the food is for you, the cheaper it is. Which is unfortunate because, yeah, it's like, OK, I don't have to spend that much. OK, I'll just get this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a sad thing to realize. Yeah, as it really is, though, because, you know, because think about the quality of the food and you know all of that so yeah so what are your best tips for someone who's trying to develop and maintain these healthy habits and relationships with food so one of the things i normally tell my clients is that asking yourself that question and being able to distinguish between the two like is it true hunger or is it emotional hunger, which is more of an urge or a craving? Mm-hmm. So always kind of ask myself, ask yourself, am I really hungry? And I like to tell my clients too that the what, the why, and where. Like it's important to know why you're eating, what you're eating, and when. So to give you an example, so you're eating a certain amount of food. What is it? Like what's the contents? Why you're eating it. So really asking yourself, am I really hungry? Do I need this? And when? So if you're eating at 12 and you're eating again at two, it's clear you're not that hungry because there's no way you're going to be hungry in two hours. Just, I mean, our bodies are not developed that way. And one of the things I also kind of help my clients do is stop, um, stop snacking. Because mm-hmm. snacking really is just a way for you just to entertain yourself. Um, I get my clients to that point where their bodies, they actually able to go for long periods of time without eating, but 
did not feel hungry because I don't, you know, starving yourself, you know, depriving yourself. I'm like that, that only works in the short term. I'm trying to get my clients to a point where they lose weight for good and they're done. So, and that's how I, you know, those are some of the things I train them to do. One of the other area, one of the other things that I think is really important, especially for women as they get older, because our hormones are changing and our bodies are changing is getting, um, stopping, taking out sugar and flour. Those two make a big difference and they make you more hungry and they cause those cravings. And that, and the reason why I tell my clients we take it, why we take it out is that gives you a dopamine hit in the brain like no other. It's like an explosion. You eat that sugar or flour and then you try to eat a banana. Your brain's like, I don't want that. That hit doesn't hit right. When they have that sugar and flour, it hits. It's like an explosion. It's like an over-desire. You not have that over-desire. It's like over-pleasure. You can't even, you can't even, it's like you can't use willpower to do that. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. The only way to do that is to reduce it, remove it, and just kind of take it out. And if you do decide to have it back, we do the exception rule where it's just that, and then you know, it's like you're fully aware, and then you kind of take it out and just like, okay, I'm done, one thing, and then move it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. And really, this is all based on like the food manufacturers. When you find out how they've, I mean, they have done an amazing job, not great, but an amazing job of knowing exactly our taste buds and how making food so palatable that when you, when you eat it, it's like, oh my goodness, this is amazing, you know, but it's not real food, you know, it's not, you know, it's artificial food. And so you're trying to use willpower to tackle what's going on in the brain, there's no way. The only way to do it is to kind of take it out completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We do no sugar in our house. Um, and even like as an added ingredient in things, mm-hmm. which first of all, there is sugar in freaking everything. Everything. Like, mm-hmm. I know. Everything. I know. Yeah. I'm <sighs> telling you, they have done it. I'm telling you, they they know what to do. These sugar manufacturers, they are making them killing because yeah. it's in, like you said, it's in everything. Like even the tomato things you sauce, like just, yeah, like ri- ridiculous things that yeah. you would not expect sugar you to be in there. Expect. But it's amazing. And even my husband has commented on this. When you don't have any sugar, like we do honey. That's the only yeah. like mm-hmm. sugar that we'll have yeah. in the house. When you have no sugar in anything, though, the way that fruit tastes is incredible. It, it tastes is. so good. So sweet. It's, I mean... You, you'll never taste fruit more delicious than when you don't have sugar in anything else in your house. It's, it's yeah, so good. You're right. It's just, it, 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 it changes your taste buds when you take sugar out. Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah, but, but it's, it's hard. <laughs> it's it is hard. And yeah, I tell my clients, because you'll, and, for, and I always tell my clients ahead of time, I'm like, you're going to get the withdrawals. Just be ready for it. Because that first maybe it lasts for like three, four days. It's crazy. And then after that, you're like, whoo, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say that explains a lot about how people can love LaCroix. <laughs> because <laughs> if you're not used to like super sugary <laughs> stuff, I'm sure those are really delicious. Well, lemon cello LaCroix tastes like cake. I'm just going to say it. It really tastes like cake. And I don't know how. <laughs> That's so funny. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <funny>. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk mindset because yeah. we've we've mentioned this a lot throughout the episode. It's something that comes yeah. up a yeah. lot. 
what role does mindset play in all of this and making these big life changes? Well, the reason why I bring up mindset is our brains do not like new things. Our brains are designed to run towards pleasure, run away from pain and be efficient. So whenever you start something new, AKA a diet plan or a new food plan, your brain is going to revolt, is going to rebel. It's going to be like, nope, not doing it. So you have to be aware of that going in and know that you have to almost like boss your brain because if not, your brain's going to be like, no, we're not doing this. You remember you tried that in 1990? It didn't work. Why do you want to try it again? <laughs> it's going to always give you evidence because our brain works on the past. And what I always tell my clients, we're future focused. We're thinking of the future. But your brain doesn't know that. So you have to be aware of that and say, no, I'm going to do this regardless. Because your brain is going to evid present evidence for when it didn't work. And so that's why the mindset piece, because I always say your thoughts will always create your feelings and your feelings are going to create the action and your action is going to produce your results. So that's kind of how the mindset piece work. You have to be aware of those different levels because if not, if your brain, your brain's going to be like, this is not going to work. And you'll probably think, oh, you know what? Maybe this isn't for me. I'm not supposed to do this just because your brain is giving you evidence. Like, okay. Meanwhile, our brain is going to give us 80,000 thoughts a day. And you know how many are negative? 80%. Wow. So I always tell my clients, challenge that thought that's coming up. Say, well, you know what? Okay, you think I can't do it, but I'm going to try it anyway. And that's where it's almost like you're watching your brain and you're kind of having that inner dialogue as opposed to just going ahead. Because if you don't, guess what? You're going to go with the flow. And you might think, oh, that's normal. No, that's not normal. You can actually challenge those thoughts. You can take, you can decide to go a different path. And then create those new neural pathways. But sometimes we're just like, and it's easy for us to say, oh, you know what? I won't bother. Because when you embark on a new plan, mm -hmm. that is, you, you have to invest the time and energy. That's work for you. It's easy to just say, you know what? I'm not going to bother. So you actively saying, okay. And then you have to deal with your brain. That is like, mm, I don't think we need to do this, sis. The plan. You know, you like your cookies. Why are you changing things? Yeah. And then you're going to have to be the strong one and say, okay, just hold our brain. I'm going to do this anyway and just mm -hmm. keep it moving. And I think the beautiful thing about doing like, you know, setting goals is sometimes it's not even really about the goal. It's about who you become in the process because mm -hmm. you're becoming a different person. You know, that's just, you're learning new things. You're becoming more courageous. You're overcoming obstacles. That's to me, that's even better than even the goal itself because you're becoming someone different. I love that so much. It's like, oh, I've got to remember that. I've got to write that down. That's so, <laughs> that's so good. I really like the idea of challenging your brain. And yes. I, I haven't thought about it really until you just said that, but I actively do that like on yes. a regular basis yes. with different things in my life I'm so competitive right yeah. and so I think it's fun for me to like like for example this was a long time ago like I used to smoke cigarettes uh -huh. like three lifetimes ago right yes. so I remember when I was quitting I would buy a pack of cigarettes and put it on my dashboard of my car uh -huh. yeah. just so that I could be like hmm you're right there and I'm not going to do it. I know, right? Like, who does that? That's crazy. But just like the challenge, right? So it I is. Mean, even with food, you know? Yes. You know, having food that is really challenging for you and putting that in front of you and yes. give in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, a, it's the same. It's the same process. It's like, okay, 
you're there. Okay, you can stay there, but I don't have to. I don't have to do it. Yeah, yeah it's nice. A powering feeling for sure. It is. It is, and you just develop so much courage from doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, courage. I like that. And you can use it for other things. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So if if somebody could only do diet or exercise to focus on, which one would you recommend? And which one do you think is typically harder for people to stick with? Okay. All day, every day diet for sure. Nutrition, hands down. I always tell you can't, I mean, there's no way. I mean, you can't even compare the two. Diet all day. In fact, I tell my clients when I work with them in the beginning, if they're not already on some kind of exercise plan or routine, I tell them, don't worry about the exercise first. Let's tackle the nutrition. I want you to be like on it with the nutrition because that will help you all day, every day before the exercise. Now, the exercise is great because it, you know, tones you, you feel great about it. But I'm like, you want to lose weight? We're going to have to tackle the nutrition first. Now, in terms of the easiest one, nutrition all day, every day. People will exercise. In fact, and then that's the other, okay, so this is the other thing that people need to be aware of. Don't exercise because you're giving yourself like, okay, I had, I ate this so I can exercise. I'm like, that is just the wrong approach. I tell my clients, exercise is a gift you give to yourself. You're giving your, your body a gift where you can move and you can, you know, you feel great. Don't ruin it by saying, okay, I had, you know, I'm going to exercise because I want to eat cake. I want to exercise because I want to do this. It's like, mm-hmm. Exercise is not a chore. You're, you're doing it because you want to get something out of it. It's a gift to yourself. So, yeah. Or yeah. punishment. I know That's so the other many thing. women yes. that are like, oh, I ate this last night, so I better go kill myself That's at it. the gym. That's yeah, it. It's, it's one or the other. And I'm like, no, don't look at exercises that you get to. Ex- I tell, listen, you get to exercise mm-hmm. and there'll come a time you might not be able to do that. So just exercise now and look at it. It's, oh, you know, I, I get to exercise. This is great. And then kind of move on from there. Mm-hmm. I really like that because I, you know, I've tried my fair share of diet and exercise plans. Mm-hmm. And I feel like for a lot of, I would still call myself a beginner, even though I'm in my thirties because nothing's yeah. stuck yet. But yeah. a lot of the programs like drive in the workout and diet both simultaneously, which for a lot of people like me are both such a drastic life change. Yeah. That it's so intimidating Too to much. change both of those at the same time. And by kind of splitting it up like that and just being able to, okay, I can, if I don't need to start going to the gym right away and I can just focus on what's in my kitchen, that seems so much more manageable. Yeah. And also to remember your brain is part of this process. Your brain is going to be like, oh, really? She wants to do both? Hmm. Good luck with that. I mean, <laughs> your brain is going to, yeah, because your brain is going to rebel anyway because you're doing something new and you're trying to do both. Mm-hmm. it's tough. So yeah. I normally tell my clients, let's focus on one, unless they were like, they had a routine that they've been doing for a while. If not, we're like, let's just do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That pesky brain yeah. is always getting in the way. I know. <laughs> and, but the good thing is, once you're aware, you're like, ah, that's what it is. And then, you know, when they come up with those thoughts that you know are like, no. And, you know, the brain is always honest. That, that's the same brain I would tell you, you're great. That's the same brain I would tell you, you suck. It's the same brain. So you have to be aware. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm just like, oh, my brain's <laughs> overloaded right now. This is great. <laughs> I think it can hear us. <laughs> I know. <laughs> 
So running a business as a mother, what are some of the hardest parts and the best parts? And you said your kids are teenagers. So I'm curious how much they get involved with your business too. Not much. So it's so funny because I just bought, because I have a home office. So recently I just bought like a little sign that says, knock, you're welcome. And on the other side, it says, I'm in a session. Please do not disturb. Because sometimes they just want to come. I'm like, no, <laughs> even when the door shuts. So now there's a sign they can read it. But I'll tell you this, though. One of the I, I think for me, one of the things I do love about having my own business is I can be there for them. You know, it's like, I mean, now they're older, so it's not the same. But when they were much younger, I could go for their activities. I could plan my schedule around their activities, go for their activities and still make it in time and do my own business stuff. So that part I truly love. And then the fact that they get to see what I do. It's like, I'm home. So, you know, they see what I'm doing. And so I like that part of it. I mean, it's it's hard because sometimes, like now they're older, so it's a bit better. But when they were younger, it's like, I do all this stuff when they're, they're asleep, which means I'm not getting much sleep. <laughs> mm-hmm. But now it's so much better now because they're older. So, yeah. Do they stick to kind of like the diet that you have your clients no. do? No. No. So I'm vegetarian. <laughs> I'm the only vegetarian in my household. All the rest eat meat, chicken. and But both my boys are very active. So they both play soccer um, actively. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they do. And my husband he eats no my husband eats more of what I eat he's more into what I eat he doesn't mind and he's also he's also into sports he plays squash so we have our own different things like I used to run I don't run anymore I used to do marathons but my knees started giving way so I don't do that anymore but I do a lot of like I do boxing I do um, weight so I do a lot of that so yeah nice that's awesome yeah it's it's a lot easier when your family eats like you my mom was is still a vegetarian and so I just remember she would always cook two different meals yeah one without me for her and yeah one for us but yeah um, yeah, she's been a vegetarian since she was like 18 because she loves animals so much that's been pretty cool oh yeah yeah so yeah so they tease me sometimes like yeah mom you can't eat what we I'm like yeah it's okay it's all good (laughs) (laughs) like I don't want to anyways (laughs) (laughs) oh gosh okay well that brings us to our final question then for tonight um if you could share one piece of advice on how to balance being a mom and a boss lady what would it be yeah i'll i'll just say one thing is make it fun i'm all about the i'm listen i don't think we should take this i mean it's serious business we're doing here but just take time to have fun because you want to look back and you'll be like oh this is what I did. At least have fun with it. Yeah. I think it's so important to spend some time having fun with it. Yeah. Mm. I think it's cute when they see that too, you know, and then it's like that inspires them to want to work. And yeah, I like that. That's good advice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So our favorite part of the show, hot mess moments. We (laughs) all have some times where we have been little hot messes. So this is your chance to share an embarrassing confession about your hot mess moment. Okay, so I'm going to, okay, I'm, I know it had to do with my kids when they were younger, but I can't remember a specific one. But one that happened recently was I was doing the console because I do a lot of my consoles on Zoom and my shirt was inside out. I had no <laughs> idea. <laughs> Until it was over. I was like, really? Pandemic <gasps> life, hey. Yep. I'm, like, okay. I'm like, they didn't say anything. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I don't know if that's better or worse. So, yeah. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Oh my gosh. I'm like, well, hey, you know. 
I feel like we all have lower expectations than we did a year ago. Exactly. I'm like, I'm on, you know, you can see me, right? The mic's working. You can see my face. We're good. Yeah. (laughs) Most of us are wearing sweatpants or pajamas down below anyway. Exactly. They don't need to know that. Exactly. (laughs) I have a shirt inside out. It's all good. At least it's a shirt at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, Kwavi, thank you so much. We, yeah, I'm so glad that we got to have you on tonight. I I know. I'm so glad. So much from you. Thank you. This was fun. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Yeah. And thank you for just talking about this in such a fun and positive way. I feel like so often for us women, it's like, oh, mindset, like diet, weight loss, that's just going to be like a shame, shame, shame kind of thing. And Mm -hmm. I just feel like what you offer is so positive and just exciting and such a really uplifting way to think about it. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you're doing it, girl. So (laughs) make sure that you go and check Kwavi out. And do you want to tell people where they can find you and how we can support your business. Okay. Yeah. So you can, my website is www.kwavi.com. I'm also on Instagram under Kwavi underscore TV and I'm on TikTok also. Kwabi TV. Yeah. I love TikTok actually. Yes. TikTok <laughs> too. And I'm like, we'll see you on there later tonight. We'll be checking you out because we're both big fans. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I just did a live stream just before coming on. Yeah. Oh, nice. I live stream like, almost every night, like Monday through Friday on TikTok. Oh. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Cool. Awesome. Okay. Oh. We'll have to come say hi to you next Yay. time. <laughs> cool. All right, everyone, we'll go check out Kwavi. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will see everyone next week. Sounds good. Thanks. All right, take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to Boss Ladies and Babies. If you like this episode, be sure to rate, review, and leave us some feedback. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook, and join the conversation in our Facebook group at Boss Ladies and Babies. And until next time, stay stay bossy. bossy.